Hello, and welcome to the Disability Connection. I'm your host, Walter Nunes. The Disability Connection is produced by the Disability Law Center, which is the protection and advocacy system for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We're located at 11 Beacon Street. We're a nonprofit law office, and we advocate for folks with disabilities in all kinds of areas. Um, our website is www.dlc-ma.org. And toll free, our telephone number is 800-872-9992. Today we're going to have an absolutely fantastic show. I'm joined by Mr. Jonathan O'Dell and Ms. Stephanie Farrell, both from the Mass Commission of the Deaf and Hard of Hearing, Hard of Speaking actually, and what we're going to talk about is assistive technology uh, that will assist folks in uh, communicating, getting their needs met in the community. So right off the bat, Jonathan, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. It's a real pleasure. So right off the bat, I'd like to give a little history. Any of you who watched our last program, Jonathan was on and he was fantastic. And he introduced me to something that I was unaware of, that there's a particular population. We always think that folks are hearing or folks are deaf. And when folks are deaf, they often use ASL, American Sign Language, as a way to communicate. But for many of us, as we age, we have a slow progression of hearing loss. And if we were to go to a doctor's office or a lawyer's office, an ASL interpreter wouldn't help us because a lot of folks who didn't grow up hearing impaired do not know how to sign. So what we have today is we have a whole wonderful display of, of assistive technology devices that Jonathan's going to walk us through. And, and hopefully, folks out there who are watching <coughs> the show will say, I could benefit from that. So right off the bat, I want you to see that we have something very different today. What we have is we have a screen, which is everything I say, to the best of my ability, is being put up on this board through a system known as CART. And CART is known as why don't you tell me, Jonathan? It is known as Communication Access Real-Time Translation. And Stephanie has got a keyboard, which is below the table, which we're going to show you in a little bit. And she is able, it's the same sort of a device that court stenographers use. And she's able to write as quickly as I can speak. And this kind of, when would you use something like this, Jonathan? When, what's the application for this? Well, there's a lot of applications. So first of all, thank you for having me back oh, on the show. It's a pleasure. pleasure. It's wonderful to be with you again. And um, the reason why I brought CARP with me today was because for myself, being a person with hearing loss, it can function as what's called a reasonable accommodation, which you are well aware of. Sure. It's a legal requirement that places a public accommodation provides something. And that could be like a doctor's office. It could be a lawyer's office. It could be a hospital. They have to provide whatever is needed by the hard of hearing person to understand what's being said. Now there's a misconception that everybody can be quote unquote fixed by providing hearing aids or listening devices or cochlear implants and that is not always possible. You often get to the point where when you're at a certain age you've lost the ability to understand anything auditorily and that's when CART would come in handy. So you would tell your doctor in advance, I need CART service. And, and you guys doctor, at home, I'm so sorry gentlemen, I just want to make sure that the folks watching the program can see how this is, how Stephanie, I don't know how she keeps up with us, but she's able to do this. And I know in my office when we do trainings and people in the audience 
uh, maybe deaf or hard of hearing, this is a way that folks can know what we're talking about. And it's a fantastic thing, and we're so glad that you're here with us today, Stephanie. So let's say you're the doctor, and you're speaking, and I don't understand a word you're saying. Stephanie, being here, I don't have to understand you. I can read what you're saying. And then I speak because, just because I've lost my hearing doesn't mean I've lost my ability to speak. So I speak to you, and then when you talk to me, I look at the screen. Something important to realize about this service that uh, I was going to mention also is that it can be provided remotely. Uh -huh. We have very few car providers. Stephanie does not technically work for the commission. She is one of a number of freelance providers who provide this service for the commission. Now, what that means is we are sometimes not able to get a car provider to actually go somewhere simply because there are not enough car providers to fill the need. Because when you think about somebody in Pittsfield needing a car provider for half an hour, from Boston to Pittsfield is what? What's the distance about, roughly? About two and a half Very hours? Good. We're talking a five-hour round trip for a half-hour <clears> assignment, possibly, which makes no sense. And during that time, the car provider is unavailable. So we do have remote card. As long as Stephanie can hear what's going on, she can type on her machine. It can go to her laptop, go up to a streaming server, come back down, and you can have an iPad, and you can be... 300, 400, 5,000 miles away and read on the iPad what the person across the table from you is saying while Stephanie is thousands of miles away. Well, I think that's fantastic and I want to thank the staff here. I can see that they've put the cart right up on the screen and to the extent we can keep this going during the show, I think it's a terrific idea. You brought a couple of other assistive listening devices yes, that we're going to I demonstrate did. right now. So this is for people, again, who do not generally benefit from listening systems or for people who uh, generally do need a bit of additional assistance on top of listening systems. Now, these here are for people who benefit from auditory amplification. This here in particular, this system here that you see is what's called a personal amplification device. And you can put this around your neck, as in so. And it incorporates a piece of technology which most people have probably never heard about called a neck loop. So a neck loop produces an electromagnetic field around somebody's head which is picked up by cochlear implants and hearing aids that have what's called the telecoil. And you can make things louder and softer. You can also use it with headphones and put the headphones on and make it louder and softer. This is ideally um, used in one-to-one -one conversation, like we're going out for dinner and it's very noisy background, this kind of thing would help me. Or if you're meeting in a confidential situation with an attorney or a doctor. Very well put. You could bring that with you and the doctor would not need to bring anybody else in the room, maintain your medical confidentiality. Absolutely. The person absolutely. who is uh, suffering hearing loss would be able to hear that. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> You're spot on, except for the fact, and we've discussed it in the last meeting, that actually the doctor and the lawyer are technically responsible to provide this if somebody asks There's for it. There's no question about that, but I was really referring to the idea that it's portable, oh, yeah. it maintains confidentiality, and on a relative scale, it's, it's, it's a modest item. It is, and it is also financially modest, which is very helpful. Now, what the else other you thing got we, for us? The other thing we have is we have something like what we're wearing right now in the studio. So you, for example, would have the receiver and the headphones. Okie dokie. Now, nobody has used these headphones except for you today, and I cleaned them. That's if, correct. If, however, I had not cleaned them and somebody else had used them, you would put these disposable covers on to maintain some hygienic standards. I would just turn the transmitter on. And this long thing here is actually the antenna. This is just one of many, many different types of devices. It's basically a one-way walkie-talkie. So I am on now. I'm speaking to you. 
and you should be able to hear me, and you have yeah. a volume control right at the top where you can make it louder, simply by turning it to the louder, louder volume setting, and I can be up to 85 feet away from you. I can be at quite a distance, and you will hear me like I'm right next to you. I think that's terrific, and, and again, I'm always looking for application. A device like this would be if I uh, was in a larger, say, an auditorium where a speaker was speaking and maybe there were two or three people who were impaired, Correct. hearing impaired, they could be wearing these, the speaker could have the little microphone and communicate Correct. effectively. Correct. Or even in church to a congregation. Absolutely. And for larger situations, instead of having something like this, we would actually have a large transmitter that plugs into the soundboard that would send out to multiple receivers. That's fantastic. Um, Stephanie, I want you to keep doing the good thing that you're doing. I want folks to know that we're going to go over to the table here. We've got a little home shopping network happening here today. Jonathan, I'm going to join you over at the table. Why don't you okay. make your way and I'll follow. And we're going to show you some very interesting things today. So what we have here is, is we have sort of divided this table into several different sections. What you're going to see over here is all related to fire alerting devices, which is something we talked about in our last show, which of course is of critical importance for people who can't hear traditional fire alarms. Absolutely. Here we're going to have home alerting devices that let people know what's going on around them when they can't hear. And here we have telecommunications devices. All right, so let's start here. Okie dokie, let we me have give a you enough room. We have a couple of different fire alarms here. This is what's called a single station smoke detector. You plug this into the wall, you hang it up on the wall, and when it detects smoke in its presence, it goes off. The strobe here lights up and it's gonna make a very loud piercing sound. The disadvantage of this system is, when you think about it, if you're on the 10th floor of an apartment building, this is not connected to the apartment building system. It is a standalone system. Doesn't so react till the smoke gets to the correct. 10th floor. Absolutely, and by that time it might be too late for you to get out. So this is not something I ever recommend for people who live in a multi-story apartment building because it's not connected to But anything. in a single family home or something like sure. that? Sure, or in a small apartment on the first floor, absolutely. Terrific. Now here, this year, and this year, this is called the Safe Awake, and this year is called the Life Tone, and basically what they do is the same thing. And what they do is, this here is a standard residential type T3 fire alarm. T3 means it puts out a certain tone, which goes beep, 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 pause, beep, 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 which is the current standard for residential settings. When these devices, and there are two different devices, you can get this, you can get this, it doesn't matter. When these devices detect that sound, and only that sound, in other words, if you have they a fire alarm. They hear this. Yes, but it's got to be beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. Right. If you live in a residential setting where it's beep or woo, right. then it will not work at all because this will not pick it up. And when this picks it up, two things happen. The light starts flashing. In this case, the light starts flashing and it shakes the bed shaker. And in this, this here is also an alarm clock, but it also listens for the fire alarm. And when the fire alarm uh, goes off, this here will say essentially, get out, get out. Fire, get out, which I think is somewhat comical considering that people can't hear, but it will also shake the bed and it will help you get up. So let's the talk a little bit about the bed shaker. Oh, I apologize. And it's important that it has a battery. The bed shaker. Now this is, when you first told me about bed shakers, I was thinking about somebody shaking a bed. Sure. This goes between the mattress and the box spring? Yes, it does. The and box spring acts as an amplifier. And it literally wakes people up. Oh, yes. This is quite powerful. In, in case you don't wake up with that, we also have something called the heavy-duty version, which is a pad this big. But this 
almost always wakes people up. I am not aware of people complaining that this is not powerful <laughs> enough. Okay. So keep in mind here again, so <coughs> this does not have the bench shaker component, which is another drawback. So this here is a single station detector. These here listen for the sound of an existing T3 alarm. And finally, we have this third variant here, which is a system designed from the ground up for deaf and hard of hearing people. We have the smoke detector and a transmitter in one unit. When this detects the smoke, it activates a transmitter, which sends a signal to this receiver, which then flashes a bright strobe light and shakes the bed. So this was designed from the ground up for deaf and hard of hearing people. And these devices here are all designed to kind of make up for the shortcomings of hearing devices that were not designed for deaf people. So we are not going to endorse any particular product. We're not in the business of endorsing products. However, just as, a, as an individual, it would appear that this ground up type of device might be the most complete way or the, of, of addressing the threat of fire in the home, or is yes or no? What do you think? Really, there isn't a yes or no answer, honestly. In some situations, when there's a deaf family in the house, absolutely. But when then you also have deaf people and hearing people living together, eh, then it's not so much of a question. Well, being a bachelor these living alone. These also I'm have a really big advantage. Why? Because you can't take these with you to hotels, motels. Oh, I see. This is pretty much standard because this stays up on the ceiling. You can't really screw this onto I got the ceiling. It. But as long as you know that the hotel where you are at has a T3 alarm, you can actually okay. take this Okay, and on you. that point... People could call ahead to a hotel. Yes. And they could ask they that question. Ask. Sure. They could bring this with them. And then, God forbid, there was a problem in the hotel. This would respond. It would shake the bed. It would emit a light. If there's a compliant fire alarm, which right. is the beep, beep, beep thing. The T3. But the T3, correct. But Terrific. This is, it is pretty amazing when you consider that years ago there was nothing for people with hearing loss. And now we have increasingly more and more options. So that kind of concludes our discussion of fire alarms. With one exception. Sure. We're not going to be talking prices. We're not going to endorse any product. Where would people go to learn about these other than the Mass Commission for the Deaf of Hard of Hearing? But other, you go to Walmart, you go to Target, or where are these things available for folks? No, and that's one of the unfortunate things. Most of these devices, <coughs> you might find something like this. You might. But stuff like this is very, very specific to the industry, so to speak, that caters towards deaf and hard of hearing people. So you will not find this in a big box store or anything like that. But maybe so generally you would have to go to the manufacturer. You can go to Google. Absolutely. You can do internet search. Of course, you can always contact the Mass Commission for the deaf and hard of hearing because we can tell people where to go for that. And if they wanted to contact the, the Mass Commission for the deaf and hard of hearing, what number would they call? They would call... Put them on I'm the sorry. spot. I'm, I'm hard of hearing myself, so I don't often <laughs> think of the number. It's 617-740-1600. So and that's our website is mass.gov forward slash mcdhh. And all kidding aside, because it's great working with you on this, Jonathan, but this is, this is essential stuff, right? I mean, I really wanted to do this program because I know that, you know, my dad experienced late in life hearing loss and... And it just, these things were not available. And I thought it was so important that we did this show and to, to bring this to the attention of the public watching us. So I'm so grateful. So show us what else you've got here and okay. watch the so clock. So step two is now, um, when I lost my hearing, obviously the first thing I missed was my hearing itself, the ability to communicate with other people. But I felt very uncertain and very unsure about myself because I didn't know what was going on around me. I could not hear the doorbell. I could not hear the telephone ring. I didn't know when it was time to get up. 
At one point, I actually made a contraption out of Lego that would dump water on me to wake <laughs> me up, which my mother was not too pleased with. I'll guess. So now, fortunately today, we don't have those primitive methods anymore. So this here is a fairly simple system. And um, what you do here, this can be worn as a pendant around the neck, or it can be placed at a doorbell type location. And when you press this, please do me the honor, Walter, press the button. Then what we see here. There we go. You see here, it's, not, it's kind of hard to see, but here it is a little indicator light that shows that the door is actually the trigger that makes this activate. The nice thing about this is it's relatively portable. So you can effectively unplug this and take it with you for short durations of time. So this does function kind of as a portable alerting system, more or less. Or you could move it from room to room if you you're in your living room, room or in then Technically, it is not designed to do that, but you can sometimes. So this is one system, mm -hmm. and it is part of a much more comprehensive system. This also has alarm clock, it has door entries, it has fall sensors, meaning mats that you place next to the bed. So when somebody gets out, it will also trigger this light. So for example, if I was living with a deaf person who had Alzheimer's, and, and I was deaf myself, and I was concerned that I might not hear the person fall, then I would put a mat next to the bed, and when a person steps out of bed, which is statistically the highest fall risk, they step out of bed, it would send a signal to that. It would also activate a bed shaker, and I would be aware of the fact that the family member has just gotten out of so bed. Let so let me this just is clarify on this. In addition to being the obvious uh, doorbell replacement, this also triggers other devices. No, other devices trigger this. Oh, I see. Other devices trigger this, and in the back, I haven't done this because I'm, I have a couple of other systems to show, but this also has here a jack where you can plug in, you guessed it, a bed shaker. I so see. So this can be I placed see. next to the bedside, and everything is slightly different, Walter. You notice this here does not have an alarm clock functionality whatsoever. Right. It is just for alerting. That's it. And I can see there are different things you can plug in for what you want Correct. to be alerted to. Correct. The telephone. Baby cry, doorbell, telephone, fire. Terrific. Let's now move on. Now, this here is a slightly older system, and it is slightly more sophisticated in some ways. So I am going to press the button right here. So this is the doorbell, and when I press the button, the light comes on. A light comes on here. You see here that the door is being triggered and the bed shaker is jumping up and down. Do you want to feel this, Walter? I can see it. It's it is quite It's powerful. rocking and rolling. This definitely wakes somebody up in the morning. Absolutely. So this gives you the luxury, basically, of being alerted to, A, the doorbell. <clears throat> it also alerts you to the telephone. You can actually plug a telephone into the back here, and when the telephone activates, it will make this... Uh, trigger the signal like flashing the light and shaking the bed. An alarm clock, you can set the alarm clock right here where you can set the time. You notice here the red light is flashing. I can set it to actually pick up other environmental sounds. And the really nice thing about this, I didn't have that particular unit handy, but it looks exactly like this. It is called a baby cry alarm. Think about this, Walter. How do people who are deaf hear the baby cry? This is a 9-volt battery-operated device, which is child-proof. It gets placed into the child's crib. You can adjust the sensitivity of the microphone, as in so. You place this into the crib, and when the baby goes, mm, that's okay, we need to sleep too as parents. But when the baby goes, Wah! then this will send a signal to this, and all the lights in the house will flash, because this is just one of several modules. There are remote modules available that actually have only this component over here and no bed shaker, but they will flash lights throughout the house. 
So this makes a person aware of what's going on. And that's fantastic because, you know, there are so many issues affecting parents with disabilities uh, with respect to caring for their children. Um, and that anybody in the disability community knows that there's a lot of things that predated this and the things we're doing today which raise questions about people's ability to parent. This is a very, this addresses that question as well, that you're able yes, to respond does. to the baby in the crib, even if you're a person who's hearing impaired. That's fantastic. One of the shocking things about this, Walter, is that very few people actually know the breadth of all of these things that exist. It always surprises me. Many of these well, devices just package slightly different. They've been around for like 20, 30 years. Just a different package of one. So I noticed this one had a snooze light. Do we have a snooze? If you get a little sleepy and you get the button, can you shut the light off for, Precisely. for five or ten Precisely. seconds? Precisely. And it will, generally, it will do this over and over again until you finally wake up. And here is something else. This is not really in any particular. This is kind mm. of a category in itself, and we actually use this in the office as an emergency alerting device. So this is something that as somebody who is... Uh, a hearing or deaf, it doesn't matter, where around their neck. And the deaf person, the deaf caregiver or family member will put this on their belt. It is a vibrating pager. So if you and I lived together and you were hearing and I was deaf and you were trying to get my attention and you fell, you press this button, what would happen? This would vibrate and I would know that you were trying to get my attention. Uh, and uh, this is very inexpensive and it is quite useful for a small type situation. Obviously, it's not going to work if we live in a huge mansion. But if we live in a huge mansion, you wouldn't be looking at something like this. If we're in the place. mansion, we'd right. have service. You would have a person going to get the But one of the things right. that I wanted to, what, always when I do this with Jonathan, I think of other ideas. This stuff we're laying out and we're talking about people who are deaf and hearing impaired, but you've already raised the issue of persons with Alzheimer's. There, there could be lots of instances where particularly a device like this could be appropriate. You're taking care of somebody who's bedridden for whatever reason. They can communicate with you. Sure. So that's just great. So we've, we're about seven minutes out. Yes. We have a bit to do, and let's just keep on keeping on. One other thing I wanted to mention, it's not here because I didn't bring it, unfortunately. There you because go. Because, well, I, I kind of have a lot well, of stuff on the table. you brought a lot. One thing that I did not bring is a door window sensor, which is pretty cool. So in other words, you can put a magnetic sensor on the door or the window, and if somebody opens the door, which you, of course, were not going to hear. So let's say you're a grandparent and you're watching your kids, and you're deaf. Your grandkids could actually walk out the door and you wouldn't hear it. You might be concerned about something like that, right? Absolutely. So you can put a magnetic sensor on the door and when somebody opens the door again, it will make all of these things go off, flash, vibrate, and make you aware of what's going on. And you know, because this is so important, and, and I know a lot of folks, actually people actually come up to me, I'm on the bus, people watch this program. I, I can't stress enough the importance of contacting the Massachusetts Commission the deaf and hard of hearing, if you have any questions at all about anything that Jonathan's talking about today, this is, the, is life-saving stuff. So right. this is a really important show, and we're so glad. Jonathan, what else you got for us? Now, I want to give a quick shout-out mm. to a fellow state agency, which is the Massachusetts Equipment Distribution Program. You can Google that by MassEDP, M-A-S-S-E-D-P. They provide free, get this, free amplified and captioned telephones for people who may have difficulty with regular telephones. Can we get a shot of this? This here, for example, is a captioned telephone, and this is running in demonstration mode. It allows me to basically pick up the phone, talk to the other person, and when the other person talks back to me, I am then receiving the audible feedback, but I can also read on the screen what the other person is saying. And this is being provided by a third party 
operator who listens in on our conversation and repeats everything I'm saying into speech recognition technology. I can make the font bigger, I can make the font smaller, I can keep the conversations, I can make the volume louder, I can set it so that it resets when a hearing person wants to use the phone. So this is available absolutely free of charge from the mass EDP, as is this piece of equipment here, which is a more conventional but equally useful simple amplified telephone for these people who may not yet need a caption telephone. And what they can do here, as you can see here, it's got large print buttons. You can adjust the tone of the sound, which is of critical importance to somebody with hearing loss. You can adjust the volume. And of course, it also has a reset button so that the next person to pick up a phone doesn't become deaf as a result of the other person having left it online, <laughs> which actually happens quite a lot. Here we have what's called an inline amplifier. If you have a landline phone, which few people have, but if you have one that people love, you can plug this into the phone itself, put the headset into here, and you can amplify your existing phone. Brilliant. And again, a lot of these, these items are at, at people at different stages of hearing loss. Again, Correct. The, the idea behind this program is there's lots of services, clear uh, services for persons who are deaf from birth and they've learned American Sign Language, they've learned how to deal with this. What this show is all about is for folks who, as they age, experience gradual hearing loss, but do not know the technologies that folks who were deaf at birth uh, grew up with. So these are things to help people transition, remain safe, be able to communicate with folks, their family, their physician, their attorney, whomever. So, I just wanted to get that in. I think this is great. Sure. So this is the inline amplifier. This, <clears throat> many people don't think about this. You know what this does? Couldn't tell you. What it does is it amplifies the ring. So if you have problems hearing in the phone, you're also going to need to amplify the ring to know the, ring is, the phone's ringing in the first place. This is a ring amplifier. This is what's called a strap-on amplifier. You can put it onto any other phone and basically listen like this. So you Finally, can carry that in your pocket. Yes, we do. Finally, very quickly, because I know we're running out of time, we also have, if you don't want any of this connected stuff and all you're looking for is something simple. Here's a vibrating wristwatch that you can use as an alarm, can also be used as a medication timer, and here you have two stand-alone alarm clocks that make very loud sound and also optimize the bed shakers. And that's all they do. They don't receive signals, they don't do anything else. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I certainly hope, I'm going to make the pitch again, anybody watching, Mass Commission for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. Jonathan O'Dell, he knows all about this stuff. Stephanie Farrell, it was so wonderful to have her on the program. My name is Walter Noons. Thank you very much for watching The Disability Connection, and please stay safe. Thank you very much.